Look how small the uh, Ford Maverick is next to this Honda Civic. I saw that. Baby truck. Baby truck. Baby truck. I want it. I wanted it more until I realized you can't get the hybrid with all-wheel drive. Cause... Yeah, it'll probably come, though. In the yeah, next eventually. Few years. But... No, I'm, I'm not anti-small truck. I think it's a good thing. I'm not a truck gatekeeper. A lot of people are theorizing because of how popular it is now that they'll end up doing like a lot more models. So like maybe even a fully electric version. Well, did you see, uh, speaking of fully electric version, the uh, F-150 Lightning pre-ordered 100,000, right? I'm not going to get one quite yet, but... That's huge. It's so cool. I want one so bad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to We the Sheeple, your bi-weekly podcast guide into the wild and wacky world of conspiracies and misinformation. I'm your host, Trent Jones, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tom McVeigh. Shot, 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 oh. everybody! Wow, that's some energy on this Saturday morning. Right, a little LMFAO for y'all. And of course, our silent, but definitely real producer, Devin, your scales are gleaming this morning, your tentacles look sufficiently moist yeah i think he enjoys the humidity of these ohio summers honestly that's true yeah it's good for him he sucks moisture out of the air like a sponge he doesn't yeah he doesn't need to drink i think it reminds him of the like cthulian temple he came out of deep in the jungles of borneo oh yeah with that portal to the far realm right yeah yeah yeah. of course i mean i thought that one was the very one all right tom what are we doing today what are we talking about trent have you heard of Sherry Tenpenny? No, that sounds like a D&D character, though. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Sherry yeah. Tenpenny, the proprietor of this herein. Well, I apologize to our one <laughs> listener from Great Britain that is consistent. <laughs> we may lose you at this point. I only have, like, three accents, and Cockney-ish is what all barkeeps have in D&D. Sorry. <gasps> Oi! It's just, you have to use that, that, We're... that noise as the... <laughs> The driving. We are we are hemorrhaging listeners as we speak. Um, oh. so Sherry is a doctor, but I'm not gonna give her that title because I'm a uh, petty. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ten Penny recently. I mean, this is within the last two to three weeks, and we'll push this episode out first because we're not gonna do the thing we did last time again. Recently, spoke at the Ohio State House. Oh, cool. For a health committee hearing held by uh, the Republican Party. So I throw that out there. Okay. She made some wild claims, one of which I'm going to disprove here, live, on We the Sheeple. <gasps> like, follow and tell your friends. Breaking news. Or enemies. <laughs> In mere moments. Um, <laughs> I'm sure most people have uh, seen this recently, but Tenpenny claimed... In this hearing, that COVID-19, the vaccine for it, could magnetize people. Oh! I did see this. And also that it includes particles that can connect with uh, 5G wireless technology. Mm. So first, I mean, since this is an audio medium, this is the best way to do this, right? Yeah. Hear the metal keys, everybody? Will you agree this key is made of metal? That is metal. I bid on it like an old-timey prospector. I have had both of my COVID vaccines since like January. Mm-hmm. Essential, whatever. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Early. Like first wave. So I would assume the magnets are like full force in my body, right? Yeah, that's how magnets work. They okay. usually get stronger. Over so should time. we go like four? Or I got in my left arm. Should we try that first? Yeah, that's some nice contact patch. All right, ready? Is your massive ready? Bicep. Oh, oh tragic. no! All right, let's try my forehead. Oh, forehead. Yeah. yeah, that's where the magnetism centers, from what I've heard, right above right. the third eye. Darn. Oh, okay, rats. so I think we have uh, disproven this conspiracy. End of episode. Oh, well, thanks for listening. No, right. 
So, uh, yeah, before we get into all this conspiracy nonsense, let me read you the bio from her very own website. Ooh, these are always good. Right. You, you want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. It's my favorite thing to do, honestly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dr. Sherry J. Tenpenny. <laughs> is an osteopathic medical doctor, board certified in three medical specialties. What board? Uh, I don't know. One of them? A <laughs> like certification one? <laughs> uh, widely regarded as the most knowledgeable and outspoken physician on the adverse impacts that vaccines can have on health, okay. Dr. Tenpenny has been a guest on hundreds of radio and national television programs, including... The Dr. Oz Show and the Today Show in Australia. Don't don't get my mom started on Dr. Oz. She's going to flip a table. She was a retail pharmacist for years. Oh, so anti? So, yeah, because people would come in all the time and say, well, Dr. Oz said this about this medical condition. And she'd say, I'm so, happy that Dr. Oz said that, but you have a prescription for medication right? that actually works. Wild thing about Dr. Oz, like widely regarded as like one of the best surgeons like heart surgeons like in the country oh really like similar to how ben carson was like a pioneering brain surgeon and just a whack job on the side yeah, and thought that the pyramids of egypt were for green storage yeah like dr oz is like that level of like heart surgeon like has saved like hundreds of thousands of lives before he like decided wow. to sell snake oil instead so procedurally for his surgery he's amazing knows mm -hmm. what he's doing but Perhaps not in the greater medical uh, sphere. I believe he also, he's another uh, reject from the uh, Oprah cinematic universe. Yeah, because he showed up on her show a bunch. Yeah, first, same with uh, Dr. Phil, who is not a doctor who has saved millions of lives, but that's a different topic entirely. But yeah, he's not a, well, I doubt either of them are licensed doctors anymore. No, I think Dr. Oz might actually oh, be, still is. yeah. But that's besides the point. But We've gotten real off, off track here. That's fine. Let's learn more about Sherry, right? Sure. Uh, she has lectured at Cleveland State University in Case Western Reserve Medical School, Ooh. which I find shocking. Yeah, Case Western's like highly regarded. Cleveland not, State is, as you know, state school, but I'm not, I didn't go any deeper into that because I mean, mm -hmm. I just tried to stick a key to my forehead to prove this lady wrong. So, right. do I really need to verify her claims uh, <laughs> any farther? Uh, she has lectured. I just said that. Um. She's been a speaker at conventions, both nationally and internationally. I've also given talks at conventions. Not that hard to do. Not that impressive. What convention have you given a talk at? It was uh, the British Ecological Society. <laughs> that sounds... It right? sounds like you all wore, like, carried blunderbusses and strolled through Africa. To I mean, the that was afterwards, but yeah. No natives <laughs> were killed. Don't look into that Interpol. Um... <laughs> uh, and she is... <laughs> we're really all over the place. Uh, recognized as an expert on a wide range of topics within the field of integrative medicine, including breast health, breast thermography, women's hormones, medical uses of iodine, and the adverse effects vaccines have on health. Well, we had three. You know, she's batting 750, which is, that's above a Hall of Famer, so. It's impressive, right? <laughs> um, she's authored several books, including the bestseller Saying No to Vaccines. Hmm. Uh, she's a contributing author for several other books, including Textbook of Food and Nutrients and Disease Management. Her articles for magazines have been published in over 10 languages. I think this is still all her bio. Mm -hmm. From uh, 1986 to 1998, she was a full-time emergency medicine physician and the director of the emergency department in Finley, Ohio. She's like local, man. It gets worse. Um, She's getting closer. <laughs> Dr. Tenpenny's corporate experience um, includes serving as a medical director at the Sanovive Medical Center 
a 40-bed hospital located in Rosarito, Mexico, in 2008, and the chief medical consultant for Parker Hannafin, a Fortune 250 company with 60,000 employees in 48 countries. I've heard of Parker Hannafin. I don't know why. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, currently, she attends to patients two days a week at Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center. Oh. Sounds real, right? Located in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, the mistake by the lake. Hey! You take that back. Um, where she sees patients from nearly 50 states and 17 countries, and they've gotten well using a combination of conventional and holistic therapies. Okay. Fun, right? Uh, I'm having a blast so far. She's um, getting re- she, like, got real close with Finley, and then she went back to Mexico, and I thought, whew! And then back to Cleveland, which is a little farther. So I didn't write this down, but I think she went to UT. Oh. For at least a bachelor's or something, too, which... Yay. <laughs> I feel like I remember reading that. But, Wouldn't be shocking. I mean, right. But. Um, so her website also has links to her podcast, which I <sighs> might listen to if I decide I hate myself and want to farm some content for our herd. But that's a different story for a different oh, yeah. day. I've been real tempted to dive deep into YouTube holes, but it's like, man, then I have to, I can't skim a YouTube video. <laughs> right. Um, and of course, like any good grifter, she sells supplements on her website. Oh, okay. You good. Sell Completely unregulated right? supplement industry. That's good. All right. Um, so I'm tired of reading about this whack job when I can just let her do the talking for me. Oh, so I got some clips from this. Again, uh, you're straight from thing. the straight from the horse's mouth. And some of the information that I think had been discussed on your podcast related to EMF frequencies, that was a thought. And, and it was you, because now, because right now that? we're all kind of um, hypothesizing. I mean, what is it that's actually being transmitted that's causing all of these things? Is it a combination of the protein, which now we're finding has a metal attached to it? I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the internet of people who've had these shots and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead, it sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can stick. Because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. There's been people who've long suspected that there was some sort of an interface, yet to be defined, an interface between what's being injected in these shots and all of the 5G towers. Not proven yet, but we're trying to figure out what is it that's being transmitted to these unvaccinated people thinking if there is a if you can think of any other product in any other industry that has killed more than 5000 people stated in the VAERS database and even if only half of those are true 2500 deaths in 6 months of use and it's still full court press full steam ahead so it makes one have to wonder why why are we still doing this? Why are we putting people into nursing homes like that happened in New York and put people with with known covid into place um for the record, if I've missed it here or there, um, of the five and a half million Ohioans who have gotten the COVID-19 shot through today over the last six months, how many do you believe have been killed by that shot? Well, um, I guess I could, I could just talk to you, right? Oh. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> how you feeling, Trent? Who Boise. So, so she started off. Well, she started off with like a, I feel like a more reasonable tone of in this database. I don't, I'm not familiar with that database. I'm sure you have more information. That's yeah. So I'll say the first video context wise, she made one solid point that, you know, they did make a mistake putting people with COVID in nursing homes. Yes. Terrible idea. The database and everything she was talking about is 5,000 deaths from this vaccine, which is not true. 
<laughs> also, I mean, I'm going to be a a cold-hearted person, I guess, but when you have 600,000 people dead already, probably a conservative well, estimate. Because that's like, that's you're thinking about it from a public health standpoint, which is how you're supposed to think about right? it, where it's, you're thinking about not any individual outcome, you're thinking about the health outcomes of a vast population. Even if that 5,000 number was true, which I'm... A hundred percent sure, and it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Looking like, you know, we stopped the Johnson & Johnson vaccine distribution because of, like, seven cases of maybe... Of clotting. Uh, yeah. Blood clotting or whatever. So I, I'm thinking 5,000 people haven't died. Now have 5,000 people who got a vaccine died? Probably. Because, you know, people get in car crash. A lot of yeah, stuff happens. Like... <laughs> yeah. And even, uh... we should say, the vaccine isn't a guarantee that you won't die from COVID. It just significantly Lowers. reduces your chance... Of one getting it into getting, it reduces your um, the severity of your symptoms in most cases. Any, statistically, any thoughts about hypothesizing about electromagnetic fields and medical particle metal particles and uh? Well, for one of our next episodes, I am doing five G, so <laughs> we do come back around to why that is a crazy thing to say. But the other thing she mentioned, and I'm sure you're going to get into this too, but. There are very cert- only ferrous metals, so metal that contains iron is magnetic. <laughs> Keys typically are made of aluminum or brass, and thus do not contain any iron, so are never magnetic. So Wait. if a key sticks to somebody, uh, they, they're probably nothing. just grody. Yeah, they're uh-huh. probably just sweaty and need to. <laughs> I don't know. Are you telling me when I go to Home Depot and get a key made, it's not like beating a block of iron inside of that little machine into no, the shape it's of not. a key? That's not what. <laughs> all right so um trent mm-hmm. as much as i like making fun of idiots that's actually not what we're here for today oh my gosh this has all been, been a duped. long and drawn out intro to oh. our real uh, subject oh. at hand it's kind of a case study of sorts oh. so uh share bear here so uh-huh share bear that's what we're calling her now okay but evil share bear um <laughs> she's been uh linked to being one of 12 people that account for uh, 65% of anti-vaccine information, misinformation on the oh. internet. Oh my, wait, what? So basically, they can trace, there's a study, I have it, I'll throw it in the uh, mm-hmm. the links or whatever, where they trace back anti-vaccine sentiment on the internet to 12, like, super spreaders, if you will. Oh, like, so like people that originate the like, stuff. Yeah, that like, yeah, like content gets, originators, like, influencers. It's retweeted, shared on Facebook, right. whatever. So she's one of 12. So, um... We're going to do a bit of an update on kind of conspiracy theories surrounding COVID. I mean, I don't think it's changed that much. Um, I thought about looking into the whole idea that uh, vaccinated people shed the virus. <laughs> that, that was my favorite. <laughs> so we need to wear masks now if you're unvaccinated, but I just... Well, no, it wasn't that vaccinated people shedded the virus. It was that vaccinated people shedded the vaccine or whatever harmful effect right. that the vaccine was purported to have by these people. So they came back around to wearing masks just in a different, very different roundabout way. It's like uh, sidebar. I saw this uh, tweet earlier. It was like, corporations have too much power. We need to go back to how it should be. And the people, they need to rise up and take them back and, you know, run the corporations themselves. I'm like, wow, when you go so far right, you find socialism. That's right. impressive. You, it's a flat circle. You come back around. The, nobody tells you, you that. You have a socialism. Uh, anyway, so uh, 
yeah, the conspiracies really haven't evolved that much. I don't feel like since our original update, so we're not going to really go into all the like five G stuff. Uh, oh well, I will. Well, we will soon, but uh, I'm glad I didn't go into that then. Yeah, or uh, any of that. If you want to know more, um, you can listen to our COVID and Spanish flu episodes. Um, yes, there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't really even think they're too dated, honestly. Like no, because most I feel like it's been pretty persistent obviously the vaccine stuff brings a whole new wave because there weren't vaccines at that time but right so today is going to be a case study on uh misinformation featuring uh billy gates himself Ooh. and um i think we might do an anti-vax or a vaccine in general episode in the future probably but this I'm isn't sure. going to be that one yeah i'm sure we'll get there so before we get to the conspiracy i'm going to talk about uh vaccines and what they are Yes, please. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the sponsors that make this podcast possible. Oh, yes. The sponsors. It's time for the shilling hour. The shilling hour. Trent, I have titled this section, A Short History of the Vaccine from Cows to MRNA. Oh, <laughs> that's a fun beginning and end point, I feel. Thank you. Uh, do you know a lot about like vaccines and the history of them, or not really? I have heard this before, but it's uh, in pieces. Right, so this is going to be a quick and dirty yeah. 5,000 foot overview, but mm-hmm. um, we're going to go back to 1796. Mm, great year. Edward Jenner was working on finding an alternative method to give immunity to smallpox rather than a variolation, which is basically the process of like taking, I don't know, like phlegm or an infectious piece of someone that had smallpox, like the scab of the pox and inoculating somebody with it. Gross. So the thought with that would, you know, it would give a mild, but not deadly case of smallpox. And the person would in a controlled manner, which honestly is, the basic concept of vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, he was on like the right track. Um, and I don't know if you ever went to like a chicken pox party as a child, or if your parents tried to get you chicken pox, that was a thing in the nineties. I feel like I always heard about that, but yeah. I never, yeah, I don't but think we same idea, that. but chicken pox is a lot less deadly than like smallpox or like polio or mm-hmm. something, you know? So um, yeah, that was like the basic idea. Jenner had uh, recognized that dairy maids that had been infected with cowpox were immune to smallpox. Huh. How do you how do you think he drew that correlation? I think it was just like folk wisdom, like just people oh. kind of knew, you know. Um, so he deliberately infected an eight-year-old boy with cowpox. <laughs> Medical ethics <laughs> weren't sounds, quite where yeah, they're at. Sounds like uh, very sinister. He found an eight-year-old boy. And then he exposed the child to smallpox and he didn't get sick. Oh, well. So that's a data point, right? Well, I have heard when people talk about this, too, that you have to think about it in context where it's like, if you get smallpox at this time, there's like a probably a 50-50 shot that you're going to die anyway. Right. So people were probably trying, were willing to try things a lot more readily. Um, he repeated this process on other children, including his own son, eventually. Okay, well, he puts his money where his mouth is. And uh, he concluded that this gave immunity to smallpox without the risk. Oh. He called it variole vaccinus, smallpox of the cows. Okay. And that's where we get the word vaccine. Oh, what does vaccine actually mean? Like, what's the root? It's like cow. Oh. I believe. Huh. Yeah, so. That's, you would never have guessed that. Mm-hmm. 
So um, in more modern times, vaccines were developed that either use an inactivated virus, so like a dead virus, dead virus particles, or an attenuated one, which is like a weakened version of the virus. Okay, so attenuated is weakened, and then killed is killed. Right. Inactive. Yeah, right? inactive, yeah. whatever. Basically, uh, vaccines either have the weakened or inactive parts of the pathogen in question, and those particles trigger an immune response within your body. Hmm. Uh, this teaches your body how to fight off. So I'll recognize, you know, like the particles, the virus particles, and you can right away start mm-hmm. attacking it before it becomes a big problem in your body. Right. Um, I'm not going to go deeper into those types of vaccines because I don't feel like it, but like polio <laughs> is an example of that. Like, And there was a big uh, debate of what kind of virus should you use and Jonas Salk and mm-hmm. the other dude whose name I forget. Um, <laughs> Poor other dude. (laughs) It's an interesting history. I read a book about it one time. Now, um, so that's like what we've had pretty much up until this point, right? Right, yeah. Just uh, they take the actual physical virus and either kill it or weaken it. But it's still the normal virus. Just, yeah. So the biggest driver of a lot of these conspiracy theories that we've uh, been seeing is the development of mRNA vaccines. Yes. So this would be your Pfizer and Moderna. I believe those are the two big ones. I don't know. Which one did you I got J&J. So is that, do you know if that was mRNA or is that like a more traditional one? I think J&J was more traditional because it took longer to develop. Right. So mine, I got the Pfizer one and this third arm is super useful. So uh, (laughs) it's great. Yeah, Uh, he's scratching his head right now while reading his iPad. So uh, they work very uh, similarly to the other types of vaccines because, I mean, there's only so many ways to teach your body how to Mm -hmm. respond immunally. Um, Right. The concept probably doesn't change too much. But instead of uh, inserting the virus or bacteria or whatever directly into your body, they use mRNA to teach yourselves how to make the protein that's present on the uh, surface of COVID. Hmm. So if you haven't taken biology in a while, mRNA is the single-stranded nucleic acid. So it's like... uh, it's like DNA, but just one strand instead of two. So it's like half of it? Yeah. And this, um, it leaves the nucleus, I believe. And, uh, right? <laughs> Tom's face I'm right hard. there. <laughs> and, trying uh, to step back. Right, what, trying to go back six to cell bio. Yeah, I wish six years. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> it's what leaves the nucleus. So your DNA, like, copies itself. It makes an mRNA. It goes out to the ribosome. The ribosome reads the mRNA, and that makes proteins. Oh, because it makes the matching pieces that then right. it restitches together. No, no, no. Oh. It looks at the sequence, like the A's, the U's. It has U's instead of T's for mRNA. Oh, okay. C's and G's. And it's like, uh, there's codons. So every three letters tells it to make this part of, like this protein or whatever. Oh, so it does it in batches, basically. Yeah, and it's like a little chain. It just reads three and it spits out like the protein on the other end and the next Whoa. three. Yeah, there's like, um, it's pretty cool, actually. There's, um, I don't have it in front of me, because why would I? But there's a table that shows, like, you know, if you have AUG, I believe that's the start or the stop codon, which tells it, like, this is the start of a new protein. Whoa. This is the end. And then That's crazy. But the way it works, since there's only four letters and three letters go into each of the however many proteins are, there's a lot of room for errors. Whoa. So there's a lot of duplication. So, like, if one uh, nucleic acid is wrong, it's not like you're going to make a bad I see what you're saying. Protein, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of redundancy built into it, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, that's how that works. Um, the M is messenger RNA. I don't know if I mm, said that. Okay. So it sends the message out of what proteins to make. Fun, right? Yeah. That's very cool. 
So uh, here's how the vaccine works straight from the CDC, which is probably a bad source for... Um, well, well, hopefully we'll come back around to the CDC being some a good people. source. But. Um, first, the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines are given in the upper arm muscle. Okay. Can confirm. Following. Once the instructions, mRNA, are inside the immune cells, the cell uses them to make the protein piece. After the protein piece is made, the cell breaks down the instructions and gets rid of them. Okay. So, next, the cell displays the protein piece on the surface. So, it tells the cell, hey, put this virus protein on mm-hmm. the outside of me. Our immune system recognizes that the protein doesn't belong and begins building an immune response and making antibodies. Which is what happens if you actually had a COVID-19 infection. Right, or any infection. Right, so uh, immune response is like when you get a fever, the soreness, all that kind of stuff. That's your body trying to like kill off the virus, right? Your mm-hmm. cells attack, you raise your temperature. So that's what's happening there. Mm. So that's why you do get, some people got symptoms when they got the vaccine. I yeah, was I not felt, one of them. But... I felt a little achy. and Like I felt like I was getting a cold basically for right. the day after and then I was fine. But yeah, the whole when you're sick and that's usually your body's response to, or it's always your body's response to try to. Mm-hmm. kill the thing before it kills you right um at the end of the process our bodies have learned how to protect against future infection the benefit of mrna vaccines like all vaccines is those vaccinated gain this protection without ever having to risk the serious consequences of getting sick mm-hmm. pretty simple right Right. it's like a soft launch in a restaurant right so when a restaurant first opens they'll have all the new workers invite all their family and friends for like they call it a soft lunch. So it's one night where they just serve people that they already know that aren't real customers so that they can work out all the kinks. Mm-hmm. So then when they actually open and the consequences are much higher, they have already had some practice. Right. It's practice, honestly. It's a good yeah. way to put it for anything. <laughs> yeah. It's your body practicing. It's, it's batting practice. So um, I'm sure you've heard that the mRNA virus is like change your dna or something yeah rewrite dna is what a lot of people are saying um or the mrna vaccines and viruses um the dna is in the nucleus and the mrna never goes into your nucleus so it's it stays out impossible. with the ribosome it doesn't even go in there right so spatially it doesn't work it don't it don't go there um so that's the end of our science lesson <laughs> i enjoyed it thank you i that's, i don't do squishy science so i like learning about that's that's my science. kind of science so we're going to look at what the people be saying now. So science. What do the, the people be saying? So first we're talk about magnets for a second, because that's how we opened up the episode mm-hmm. and kind of what just sparked this whole interest within me. Um, as we heard in the videos, people are claiming that they've been magnetized after being injected with the vaccine. And I guess that this is a proof of microchips. I couldn't really figure out why would you be magnetized? And I think. Uh, having already researched the 5G episode at the time of this recording, I think the predominant theory is that somehow they, it acts in a way that it allows radio electromagnetic waves to do something to right. you. All I could come up with it has something to do with microchips, probably, because there's metal or I don't know. I yeah. can't find a source. Right. A coherent thought is sometimes hard to find. Uh, um, with this kind of stuff so i also thought maybe the deep state's big fans of icp the insane clown <laughs> posse and they're just trying to figure out how magnets work magnets how do they work i don't know um <laughs> you already did a great job uh covering how magnets work in ferrous particles so we don't need to go into that again right, right? um right. i would point out the amount of metal that you would need to attract a vaccine or a vaccine well uh a magnet that's not going to fit in that little needle and vial, man. Like, no, yeah, it's, yeah. So, 
It's beyond the point. So microchips. That's really where we're going to go today, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it a little bit in our first COVID episode, so we're not going to... I'm going to try my best not to repeat stuff. This is... I think it's pretty different, though. So uh, It's worth a refresher, even if it is a little repeated. Like I said earlier, we're going to do kind of a case study, and we're going to take this idea of microchips, and I think I've traced it back to the actual source, the first instance of it. The first person to write it down and disseminate it, at least. And we will go to... Uh, today but before we do that it's time for some depressing statistics because i feel like that's like my uh that's what i do right your wheelhouse um polling in the u.s found that 42 percent of americans believe at least one conspiracy about covid 42 percent yes okay 16 percent of that group are covid skeptics who i believe just think the whole thing's fake okay um this group uh skews white and conservative (laughs) I don't think anyone who is in America right now would be shocked by that news. But another uh, 7% of that group are uh, system distrusters, which skews towards minority groups, which I mean, it's fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, because they've had the system skewed against them (laughs) for quite a while. Another survey found that one in 14 people believe that there is a tracking chip in the vaccine. So that's more than one, you know, that's, oh, math. That's what between five and ten percent. Yeah, something like that. You're the I don't I do the squishy science, man. I just gave up and I got the <laughs> the goalpost and right. I've given up. So Bill Gates. Yes, famous philanthropist and philanderer at this point. We figured out too, but kind of just a bad dude, honestly. Um, but seems like it. At big this point. Uh, PR push, you know. Yeah. Like in the '90s, Microsoft was like mega corporation beating up all of its competitors but now we like bill gates apparently but now we don't again i don't know or care um (laughs) yeah whatever we talked about him last time and of course we're gonna talk about him again today last year in a ama that's an ask me anything post on reddit Mm -hmm. gates predicted that we would all carry a type of digital passport for our health records which would be pretty smart because one thing, when you do triage in a hospital, say you get in a car crash and you end up at a hospital, the ambulance comes, you're not responsive, and you show up at a hospital. They don't know what blood type you are if you need a transfusion. They mm-hmm. don't know any of your pests. They don't know any of your allergies for medications. Right. They don't know any information about you. You are just a piece of meat that showed up in the emergency room that can't respond. Right. So if you had a passport, that could help doctors save your life or prevent from accidentally, you know, killing you with an allergic reaction or something. So that's where we're at, right? Mm -hmm. You've laid out a strong case for it. Right. Um, The next day, a Swedish tabloid that advocates biohacking. So they're really big into like, you know, the whole like singularity, post-humanism kind of stuff. I don't know exactly. I mean, I didn't read Swedish. So So when we're talking about the singular... The singularity is like when people think AI becomes truly yeah, sentient, right? It's kind of like, I think they're the kind of like cyberpunk kind of people. And all yeah, that so kind you of can stuff. upload your consciousness yeah. to a robot. So uh, this Swedish tabloid ran a headline that said, uh, Bill Gates will use microchip implants to fight coronavirus. He will use microchip implants to fight coronavirus. So we've went from Bill Gates talking about digital passports to mm-hmm. the next day, this random Swedish site. And they're, so they're not even saying that the microchip is hidden in the vaccine to do something nefarious. They're right. saying the microchip is intrinsic to fighting the I'm virus. not sure what they said. It could be lost in translation. Yeah, you know? that's that's fair. 
But then Florida Man enters. <laughs> that's that's when the stories usually get good. It's when Florida Man wrestles a crocodile or something. Um, Adam Fannin, a Baptist pastor from Jacksonville, Florida, somehow came across this Swedish tabloid, and he ran with it. He ran hard with it. Uh, To quote The Verge, it resonated with his deep distrust of Gates, and he ran with it. Fannin, who started his own church with its own YouTube channel in 2017, transformed the biohacker's fantasy into biblical prophecy. Oh, my. One that was warned about in the Book of Revelation. Classic. Quote, it's not just an implantable ID system, Fanon says on a YouTube video. Quote, it's literally worshipping the beast. Oh. Are you going to give any background on Revelation, or should I give a quick bird's eye view of what Revelation is? If you want to, I didn't write it down, but... Okay. So, for those not steeped in church history or the Bible, Revelation is what is called... A lot of people call it apocalyptic literature, which is just means it's hugely allegorical and heavy on imagery. Um, so there's a lot of crazy stuff that's written in there. But many people interpret it in a way, and I, I, of my opinion, I don't think this is correct, and I think many scholars would agree with this too, is they read it as if it is literal and all of these things will actually happen. And so... A lot of people use Revelation to justify crazy, off-the-wall thoughts and That's ideas. That's a fair summary. Mm-hmm. So, um, he posted a nine-minute sermon on his YouTube channel, which tapped into a long-standing, wide-ranging conspiracy theory that Gates, through his business and philanthropy, is trying to depopulate the planet. The pastor titled the post, Bill Gates microchip vaccine implants to fight coronavirus adding one keyword from that swedish headline i'm just gonna throw this out there if you wanted to depopulate the world trying to eliminate malaria is not a very good strategy big bill <laughs> but so i tried really hard to find the video i wanted nothing removed? more than to have the video to play on this episode but it's been scrubbed from the idiot internet I'm probably the idiot on some, the idiot, it's fair, it's Freudian fair. slip there. Misspeak. Um, <laughs> I'm probably on some lists. I went real hard, real deep. I, I busted I, out incognito mode. Like yeah, I don't want to mess up my algorithm. Sidebar. This is a sidebar for when we research for this podcast. I get legitimately like concerned. Like one day, somebody from the NSA is going to snoop on my internet activity and be like, "This guy's a nut." I will say I did find videos of him hoping God kills Sarah Silverman, the comedian, talking about how she's like a Jezebel and he wants God to punch her teeth out. So he's a stable man. That sounds rude. (laughs) So um, this theory spread like wildfire. The video got 1.6 million views. Oh, jeez. Suddenly, uh, similar ideas were being spread by shock jock radio comedians, uh, doomsday preppers. Far-right news sites. (laughs) Big quotes on those. Uh, Hip-hop artists, and worst of all, stupid Zoomers on TikTok. Ah, yes. Much like a virus, the conspiracy theory kept mutating, but at its core, it was the same. The vaccine is not a good thing. It's not here to help us. Right, it's not just a vaccine. There's something in there that's going to be used to accomplish some nefarious. nefarious plot. It could be the government's tracking you. It could be making you infertile. It could be the mark of the beast, but it was never just a good public health measure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how we go from a Reddit post to uh, half the country having 
belief in conspiracy theories. So from theories. a Swedish tabloid to a far-right Baptist, Baptist pastor. pastor in Florida to TikTok <laughs> that made it spread. I feel like the more logical way it spread was probably Facebook first, and then once, right. the, once the kids got a hold of it, it got on TikTok. But the video probably got on Facebook, you know. But that kind of right. shows how you can have these 12 people... Right. It's it's literally like a virus. It's one man posting mm-hmm. a YouTube sermon where he changed one word. Yeah. And there it goes. So I think it's pretty easy to see the impact of conspiracy theories, just if you look around the world. Mm-hmm. But um, the World Health Organization listed vaccine hesitancies as one of the top 10 health threats uh, facing humanity. Well, and here's a real practical example. I was talking to people just the other day. Very nice people. Mm-hmm. They are, and they're not dumb. These are not like far off, like people that believe in crazy conspiracies. But these people hadn't done much reading on it, weren't particularly, you know, deep into public health, all that kind of stuff. And so they had not gotten the vaccine yet, these mm-hmm. people I was talking to. And one of the reasons they said is because they heard all of this information. One, because the risk is relatively low to people. They were younger people. They were below 30, which is fair. It is relatively low. Um, but one of the main reasons they cited is because they heard these mis- this misinformation on Facebook, whatever, on social media about the infertility stuff. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at it and you're a person that doesn't know, they were even saying, I don't necessarily believe that that's true. It's probably not. But if it is, you know, even just it being out there that somebody's saying it, what if it was true? You know, of course it's going to make you hesitant. Right. So it's not just damaging the people that are looking for these far out things to, you know, lambast authority and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, people are just getting confused. It's hard to tell what's real and what's not. Say not even like from the conspiratorial side. Like when I found out at work I could get the vaccine, there was a second where I'm like, do I really want to do this? Like, and they're like, yeah, I do actually. But, you know, I thought I'm like. It hasn't been around that long. And then I'm like, don't be stupid. You know, it also hasn't been around very long. The coronavirus and it's yeah. killing people. <laughs> right. But there was like a, I paused for a second before I said, yeah, you know. Right. Even just hearing people mention it, right. regardless of how firm you believe in science, it's a different, it's a different thing. So uh, back to the World Health Organization, uh, they say that vaccine hesitancy, which is, you know, the reluctance or refusal to vaccinate despite the widespread availability of, which I mean, mm-hmm. Meyer was offering 10 bucks to get a COVID shot the other day. Oh. Right. I went to Costco one day a couple weeks ago and they had walk-in appointments available. Like literally you could just show up mm-hmm. having not planned on getting it and get it. Uh, so they say that this threatens to reverse progress made in tackling vaccine preventable diseases. Uh, vaccination is one of the most cost effective ways of avoiding disease. It currently prevents two to 3 million deaths a year. And another 1.5 million could easily be avoided if global coverage of vaccines improve. Right. Uh, so we're going to look at measles, for example. It has seen a 30% increase in cases globally. Which measles was, it wasn't eradicated, right? Because right. I don't think a measles can be for whatever reason, right? No, it wasn't eradicated. And it's not only vaccine hesitancy causing the rise, but it's definitely a part of it. And there were countries close to pretty much eliminating, uh, mm-hmm. like natural transfer and it's reversing i mean america is one of those places like you have anti-vax parents and you have cases of measles i was at uh i went to the doctor for my annual checkup or whatever a couple weeks ago and she said they're seeing a whooping cough 
in uh, <sighs> Toledo now. And yeah, and that's another one of those things that's basically eradicated right. at this point. It's like rare, rare that you could get it because yeah. there's vaccine for it. So, I mean, it impacts us all. And the more a, vi- a virus or bacteria transfer, you have more chances for mutations. Because, mm-hmm. you know, virus replicates, they make their DNA. But kind of like we were talking about earlier, it's not always perfectly copied. Usually, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Sometimes the mutation's bad and you die, but sometimes... Right, sometimes the mutation sticks around and gets propagated into a new variant. And it's kind of like, I think it's a misunderstanding about evolution. Like, the whole idea of, like, natural selection. It's not like everything's working towards something. It's just random chance. So, say Mm -hmm. um, we can look at uh, Ebola, for example. Usually it kills people, like, hella kills them, right? It'll kill 90% of people that get it, Mm -hmm. and it burns out. Uh, back in, what was it, 2014-ish, when there was that big breakout in the Congo and all yeah. that, the variant that uh, actually was causing it only had like a 60 to 70% mortality rate. So Which sounds better, but... It could pass on to more people, because mm-hmm. the hosts, some are living, and then they go to visit people, and it passes on. So, mm. because of that, that virus was getting passed on more, so that level of lethality was kind of moving through the population, if that makes sense. It so does. it's just, yeah. what gives you the best chance to survive in your environment? Mm-hmm. If you want to get giraffes, <laughs> they probably didn't have long necks to start with. It's not because they were stretching them out. It's, you know, giraffes with progressively longer necks could eat more food. They could have more babies. So that gets selected. It's it's like dog breeding. It's Yeah, that's all it is. Like, that's they artificial bred dachshunds selection. to fit in holes. Right. So they bred short and stocky and long ones that fit in the holes. It's the same with plants or whatever. If you want to get an apple that tastes different, I don't know. <laughs> Keep planting that seed and crossing it with other tasty things. Mm-hmm. Artificial selections, same idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Well, and I think one way... One thing that I always think about whenever we talk about vaccines and the history and how people are, like, kind of railing against them now. One, I think the vaccine hesitancy has always been there. I feel like whenever I've read histories about vaccines people Mm -hmm. were like skeptical of them immediately but think about um what was the guy that did the cowpox jenner jenner think about somebody was desperate enough to allow their him to experiment on their eight-year-old kid put that into perspective of how bad smallpox must have been at that point right for you to think that that's a good thing to do right like to do the cost benefit analysis on that and say this risk is worth it because my kid is probably gonna might die of smallpox anyway right like, and i feel like people are so far removed from the consequences of not having vaccines right. that you lose sight of oh these things have fundamentally changed human civilization yeah people don't realize that this like age that we're living in is not the norm for most of human history like mm-hmm before the rise of like antibiotics and vaccines, you were probably gonna die of an infection or mm-hmm. the flu or you know yeah, like people had ten kids and three of them made it to adulthood. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of bummed. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's tough because it's the world we're living in, and I it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere soon. And this, I don't think it's right to be an alarmist and say, oh, misinformation is new. People are just being skeptical about that kind of stuff now. 
But I think we're in an age where it's easier to spread the misinformation. So we're living in a weird time where there aren't gatekeepers saying what is true and false from trusted sources. Where 50 years ago, we were probably in a golden age of media where mm -hmm. newspapers and stuff were where most people... The news was widely available, but... I've been thinking about this recently. The news was widely available at that time. You could go buy a newspaper for a nickel and read about the day's news and be relatively informed. But there were enough people that work professionally in journalism and enough editorial review at those institutions that there was a motivation for them to give you true information that was fact-checked and not, you know, not, not wrong. Just clickbait nonsense. Right, not clickbait nonsense. Now, there's... A million different news outlets online, some of which couldn't care less about the how true their information is because they just want you to click on it. Mm -hmm. So they get rewarded for making these salacious headlines, and most of the time they're not true. And on top of that, then you have the fact that everyone has a voice and a platform on Facebook and social media. Right. Yeah. And then just... there's very famous people that don't know what they're... that aren't experts in the field that are just thrown stuff at the wall, and then people believe it for some reason because this person has more notoriety than most. Yep. So you're ready to endorse that free speech was a mistake yet? Are you no, on my train? I will, I will not endorse that free <laughs> speech is a mistake. I will endorse that we have some work to do to figure out the best way to use social media to... Get rid of correct. it. Correct. Well, that would... Yeah. I don't think that would be too harmful. But to but, correct the state that we're in now where truth is kind of relative... Get rid of it. Put Mark Zuckerberg on trial for war crimes. We're good. Well, that's Tom's take. You heard <laughs> it here first. <laughs> well, on that cheery note, I think that's all we've got. So that's, that's all I got. Per usual, um, our email is listed in the description of the podcast episode. Shoot us a line if you just want to say hi. Any suggestions you might have. Any suggested topics you want to hear us cover. Just saying hi. We never heard from our friend in Great Britain that Tom put his money where his mouth is and offered to send a shirt. So if you are that friend, reach out. You could get a free shirt. That'll right. probably cost Tom an inordinate amount of money to ship to you, but that's Tom's problem. It's But for the memes, man. It is for the memes, just to have one person out there wearing our logo. <laughs> That'd be so cool. That would be very cool. Some um, stickers, too. Yeah. Put them on the tube. Um, Twitter. We have a Twitter account. We do. We the Sheeple Pod. I remember to post on it sometimes. He does occasionally. Tries to troll far right wing people sometimes. On occasion. On occasion, when appropriate. Um, I think that's about it, right? I mean, as always, you know, like, follow, tell your friends. Oh, yeah. Or like, enemies. subscribe, tell your friends. Seriously, though, telling your friends is like the best way to spread, um, to spread. Spread us like a virus. I was going to say, spread us like a virus so we can mutate into a, something so much worse. <laughs> so, so much more sinister than <laughs> we started. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you can you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. I think that's one of the only platforms that actually has ratings and reviews. So please do that if that's where you listen and you felt we were good. <laughs> or if we were bad, I guess, give us a bad rating. Because yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's what we'll we find you, for. though. We will find you. <laughs> um, we'll find you and do nothing because we're both cowards. Um, with that, thank you all for listening so, so much. And wake up, sheeple. Wake up.
Thank you.